Hello, welcome back to How About That Crypto. You are watching your daily crypto news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylist on Twitter and Bitcoin Hairstylist on Instagram. I'm here Monday through Friday and I explain crypto and Web3 while keeping you up to date on all the latest. Today's news stories are massive. The EU pay, passed the travel for funds rule despite the opposition. You know, the one I was talking about on Wednesday. Yes, smash my head emoji. <laughs> for those of you listening and can't see that. And the HODL pack is up and live. Yes, H-O-D-L, HODL, as in hold your coins despite the volatility. And yes, PAC, P-A-C, as in political action committee. You know, those things that get politicians elected. What does all this mean? Not to worry, I'll explain it all. But first, if you like the content or you don't like the content, please let me know by leaving a comment below. If you're listening on podcast, please give me five stars and follow me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button, ring the bell. It helps support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. Just to be clear and litigious, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. You can use the links below to do your own research. My prayers continue to go out to Ukrainian people. And all those affected by this war, everybody affected by this war, which is turning out to be almost everybody. Hopefully this is over sooner than later. All right. So today is intense. The crypto industry has lost a battle in keeping users' privacy their own. The EU, who champions themselves on privacy and rights of their citizens, has shown their leaders do not respect their privacy. That is crazy. They value control and surveillance first. Some will disagree with that statement, so please leave a comment below. I, I enjoy a healthy debate, and I am willing to have my mind changed. Anybody who knows me knows that that is true. I'm not just saying that. Okay, let's jump, jump right in. And all right. Okay, so the travel... Tra the transfer of funds rule, which I reported on Wednesday, is reported by Natalie Iwe for Euronews. EU lawmakers back tough traceability rules on crypto transfers in fight against money laundering. I want to read the first two paragraphs for you. European Union lawmakers on Thursday backed through traceability. Sorry. European Union lawmakers on Thursday backed tougher traceability rules for transfers of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in a move the industry said would erode privacy, hinder innovation, and expose users to a higher risk of theft. The draft legislation, part of a broader fight against money laundering and financial crime, would require crypto firms to collect and share data on transactions in a business that has so far thrived on its anonymity. Okay, so the government doesn't know how to police things without creating tools which give them absolute control over all of your data. But it's not just governments, it is private businesses as well. I have a thought on how I feel about this, but first let me give you some more information. Here is some negative stuff that is from Unstoppable Finance. So let me switch over. This is a, a pretty long threaded tweet here. Unstoppable Finance, you could check them out. Uh, they're a totally legitimate company. I'm just gonna read through some of these. All right. Transactions between unhosted wallets and exchanges would become more costly and burdensome. So basically the transfer of fund rules, let me just give you that if you didn't watch on Wednesday, it says that if you have a bank or if you have a, a Coinbase account or a crypto.com account or a Kraken account or a Binance account, a regulated exchange account, 
the rules for those regulated exchanges to continue to operate in the EU, they will have to abide by these new rules, which say that if you want to send your money to your friend who do, who does not have a, or if you want to send your 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 money to a friend from the exchange to a, an unhosted wallet or a non-custodial wallet, which is like a MetaMask or like a ledger, like some people like to have, I'm sure you've heard of like not your keys, not your wallet. You can you should use a cold storage wallet. If you haven't, go back and watch the video I did with my brother where we talked about wallets. But basically, there's three types of wallets. There is hot wallet, cold wallet, and centralized wallet. So a centralized wallet is an exchange. It's somewhere where they hold your your crypto. You don't hold your crypto. So if they get hacked and they and their crypto disappears, so does yours. Uh, but also, if you lose your password, you can just have it reset by verifying your identity. A hot wallet is something that is a wallet that is like basically an app on your phone. And uh, you just have like a special phrase or a special code. And that is your key to get into it. And if you lose that key, you lose your coins, you're screwed. And a, a cold wallet is basically think of it like a wallet that's a USB drive. It it secures your coins offline so you can so no one can really hack it it's just like an extra layer of security well if you have a hot or cold wallet you self custody meaning you hold your own crypto and someone wants to send you send you money then you have to provide your identification to receive or send money to and from the exchange the burden is not on you. The burden is on the crypto exchanges. So they will not allow funds to go through unless you are a verified account. So sounds like the current financial system. Yes. All right. So I'm just going to kind of move it through here uh, and try not to take up too much time. This is a big, big story today. All right. So transactions between unhosted wallets and exchanges would become way more costly and burdensome. That's because they're going to have to continuously keep track of all that stuff. They're going to have to implement a uh, compliance department. They're going to have to hire more people. They're going to have to write more software, which is going to have to be constantly updated. So it's going to increase the cost of running a, an exchange. Now, uh, so... I mentioned yesterday about checks and sending the money. So think about it like this. If think about the current financial system, if I don't have a bank account and you want to pay me and you don't have any cash and I can't take a credit card, you write me a check. For those of you who do not know what a check is, it's a piece of paper with your account and routing number and you authorize a certain amount of money on a piece of paper and I take it to my bank and deposit it. But since I don't have a bank, the only way to get money from that is if I go to your bank. Well, if I go to your bank to cash that check, they're going to be like, do you have an account here? No, I don't have an account here. Okay. I need your ID. And they're going to take your ID and verify your identity matches the name on the check. And also they're going to maintain that record just in case something happens with that check, something goes bad or it's contested or there's fraud or whatever. And so Basically, the, these new rules are going to make it like make crypto like the current financial system. All right, moving on. Uh, thread set, thread three and four. As this is completely unfeasible, we expect that companies like Coinbase would only allow transfers to unhosted, unhosted wallets linked to their own 
customers and verified through private key signing, which makes these transfers more complicated and costly. Basically, someone like Coinbase would be like, well, it's not worth it for me to even deal with these wallets. So I only do it with wallets that my customers have and they verify that that's, that's them and they verify their identity. And uh, number four, smaller crypto companies with fewer resources might even go so far as to not allow any transfers to self-custody wallets anymore. This in turn would turn would cripple their competitiveness and European users would turn towards foreign pri- providers instead. That I think might be the biggest part of all this uh, as far as like adoption and uh, and like some of the great things about this industry is it's kind of wide open. And while there are players like Coinbase and Binance that have massive market share, uh, they don't also like the banking system, try opening up a bank in Europe or in the US. Like the amount of money you have to have for the compliance department makes it so that it's really hard to start banks. And so it really keeps the peop- the big players in power. You know, we're supposed to be providing uh, providing cons- customers with multiple choices so that it forces the competition between these service providers, aka banks, so in financial institutions. However, the more compliance and red tape there is, the harder, the more expensive it is, which means the less competitors come into the market. That's econ 101. Just so you know, I didn't make that shit up. Okay, excuse my language. All right. So so I think that that's interesting. Okay. Um, so basically they're going to make it less competitive and force and increase costs and burdens, which is going to basically turn them into banks. It's going to secure moats around these bigger players and s- goodbye comp- com- competitors. Now that's not pure, fo- pure and absolute. So if you want to argue with me, please leave a comment below moving on. Okay. I'm going to read six, seven, eight, and nine thread here. Overall, the FTR's reporting regime will create massive personal data honeypots. FTR is a financial, uh, oh, the um, funds transfer rule. That's what we're talking about. Uh, it's going to report a, reg- a reporting regime. Sorry, it's going to create a reporting regime will, which will create massive personal data honeypots both within private crypto companies and government agencies. Make no mistake, no matter the security precautions, these data pots will be too valuable to not get hacked at some point. That would result in your personal data, name, home address, etc., being linked to your public blockchain address and your entire on-chain transaction history, meaning that when you get hacked, not only your personal information will, will be stolen, but also every single transaction and all the money you have. That's insane. And keep moving on. Criminals would see exactly how much crypto you own and could start attacks both virtually by hacking and phishing and physically through robbery and kidnaps. Apart from these evident and dangerous consequences, these rules would be detrimental to financial freedom and inclusion, harder to self-custody, harmful to the competitiveness of the EU, and negative with regards to law enforcement, AML, and consumer protection. Okay, so not not only hacks and bad actors and home invasions or kidnappings, which sounds pretty scary, but I don't know how different it would be if a bank got hacked, maybe because the information about your transactions is held separately from your your identifying information. So this might actually make it easier to get your get all of your information together in one fell swoop. Uh, So that's how I understand it. If you know differently, please leave a comment below. Moving on. I think that the bigger concern is really like this. Okay. How do elections work? How does a politician get elected? 
by marketing themselves. Who has the best marketing? Decide with the most data and best data interpretation. Think about fake news and misinformation. Now, if you don't think there's fake news and fake inf- misinformation, then I don't know. I'd like, I mean, please leave a comment below because I would love to hear hear you tell me that there is not a bunch of fake news and misinformation out there. I don't care what side you're on and where you stand, but if you think the world is as it presents itself, I would love to hear from you. So now if you think things were bad because of Facebook, Cambridge Analytica, and like what the data, like all this data that they have in social media websites, just wait until every single dollar or euro you spend can be traced through its entire life cycle. Imagine the picture of you that companies and governments will have. This type of data is unprecedented. Now, I will say this is where the financial system is headed, I think, in my opinion. I do not like it. I will fight against it. The erosion, invasion of privacy. Why do you think I started this show? Other than my friends and wife telling me to shut the F up about crypto. (laughs) I'm here to do my part in making sure people get the whole story and not some convoluted, manipulated and or partial story about crypto and this space. There is a lot of conjecture going on about crypto, like about sanctions and the environmental impact, which I will be doing in an episode about the environmental impact. Uh, impact the way I see it in my research. And I welcome people to debate me or provide me with information that I might have wrong or impartially. Uh, that Hopefully I'll get to that next weekend. It'll be a weekend edition, not part of a daily news. So stay tuned. There is a link in the description on the sanction FUD. So you can read about that and understand the sanction that is misinformation as well. And so you could check that out if you want to debate about that or you have other information please leave a comment below. Oh, and we didn't even talk about the unbanked. A big issue with the unbanked is access to documentation needed to get an account. Now the EU is making crypto just like the current banking system. So much for allowing anyone to just download an app, participate, or use an ATM to buy crypto instead of opening an account with an exchange, which is the same as our current system. Now, what are my thoughts about this? Believe it or not, I haven't even gotten to my thoughts about this. So institutional adoption is really what I see happening. So you, you have these rules that are basically the banking system rules. Now the banks are going to be able to kind of get involved as long as we figure that the accounting stuff, which is a whole nother conversation. So big players are waiting for regulations to get into the crypto space. Well, not all of them. Goldman Sachs found a loophole to trade options. Bridgewater is building out the infrastructure, which is the largest hedge fund in the world, and allowing them to uh, buy in. And I'm pretty sure their CEO is owns crypto. BlackRock, which is uh, BlackRock, which is sorry. Hold on one second. Let me just check something. Okay, uh, BlackRock, which is the uh, largest uh, m- money fund manager company con- company in the world, or whatever, and Citadel, which is the market ma- largest market maker for the U.S. Um, as far as I know, and they're all getting in. So. So that's really important. So institutions are getting in, but they're only be able to get in a certain amount and they're preparing and building an infrastructure, they're waiting for regulation. So this type of stuff is good for adoption, but it's bad for privacy. You know, we don't need the laws to be exactly the same as as the financial, uh, current financial system, but what are your thoughts on this? Uh, comment below. And I'm moving on because I'm taking up a lot of your time this morning. And this is supposed to be quick. Okay. Uh, I'll be going more in depth on this next this next story next week. Um, 
to see if there's more information that you should know. We do not have enough time for a deeper dive, but I got excited when I learned about this. Author Emma Johannings-Meyer report, reports for more protocol. Can crypto fight its image problem with political bucks? The bet behind new PAC. Hoddle Pack will support crypto-friendly candidates at a time when efforts in the field continue to face regulatory obstacles. Can you contribute in Bitcoin? Not yet. Now, that's the title, but I would like to add, why would you ever give anyone your Bitcoin? But I'm just saying, not financial advice. Um, all right, so I want to read the first three paragraphs. Uh, and I say that because Bitcoin, in my opinion, is going to be like Michael Saylor said, it's going to be like owning man, buying Manhattan property in like the 1817 or 1800, 1800s. Yeah. Post-revolution. Uh, like, don't be like Alexander Hamilton and buy real estate out in the country in New York when he had the chance to buy real estate in Manhattan. And uh, that could have changed a lot of things. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Okay. First three paragraphs. <laughs> Cryptocurrency advocates have long complained the U.S. regulations governing their industry are either unclear, illogical, or non-existent. By launching a political action committee formed in January but just unveiled publicly, they seek to change that. HODLPAC is a new tool in the crypto policy-making toolbox, Kristen Smith, one of the PAC's board members told Protocol. We have the Blockchain Association Standards Group and the Crypto Rating Council, but there hasn't really been an organized grassroots and political giving organization. The PAC will support crypto-friendly congressional candidates with the goal of getting legislation passed to create a welcoming regulatory environment and cryptocurrencies and those who use them. At a time when efforts in the field continue to face obstacles, said Smith and Tyler Wording, the board members who spearheaded its creation. So, uh, my thoughts on this are, this is awesome, and I'm glad to see that there's organization and, and a big way. Uh, I checked out the website. I left the link below. The website is, uh, it helped, it, it basically says, um, it basically shows how you can uh, donate, and it shows all the people. It gives them a score on how friendly they are to like all the congressional members or everyone running for office. It gives them a score on how friendly they are. Uh, so I want to dive into that and understand that more a little bit more. But um, you know, I just wanted to bring that to you. There is uh, another excerpt I want to read. Um, it goes: There's a vocal minority of Bitcoin enthusiasts that either that think either you shouldn't engage with government or there's no point engaging with government because it will be made obsolete, obsolete by technology, said Jerry Brito, the co-founder of Coin Center, a DC-based profit. What, sorry, a DC-based nonprofit. So Coin Center is a DC-based nonprofit, and he's saying some people don't want anything to do with the government or Bitcoin and crypto is going to make government obsolete. And he says, what I would say to them is, you may not be interested in government, but the government is interested in you. Many crypto enthusiasts, even the more ideologically moderate, see cryptocurrencies as part of a larger movement towards a decentralized internet, where ordinary people aren't at the mercy of governments and data hoarding tech companies. With that ethos in mind, Smith and Wordy are making the pack itself an experiment in decentralized governance with quadratic voting to, to decide where the money goes. The model allows people to express not only their preferences, but how strongly they feel about them in practice, the PAC organizers say it will le level the playing field between large and small donors. I think that's super awesome. So you basically they're making the PAC in a way where you can 
you can donate, you can leave comments, you can vote on where the money goes, you can have a say, you can, you're not, you're not just giving them money and trusting that they're going to do what's right. You actually get a say and a vote makes it more of a democratic process. Um, I will say this one part here about uh, that I read, it says, um, a decentralized internet where ordinary people are at the mercy of governments and data hoarding tech companies. Well, this new EU law, it basically makes it so where uh, the exchanges are these data hoarding tech companies. So uh, this type of stuff is not good. Hopefully we don't see that in America. Maybe EU can turn things around over there. Uh, but either way, I see this still moving in a positive direction in adoption from institutional investors, and that should make prices go up. And uh, then you can decide to sell your crypto. And once prices go up, this is not financial advice. This may never happen, but that is the bet that I'm making. I do. I am excited about the tech, the decentralization and the libertarian argument. I, I definitely was drawn in by that argument in the beginning. And uh, at this point, I just want to secure my wealth and I want first mover advantage over financial institutions. And I have that as long as the government does not ban it by the government making regulations around us so that it can continue to grow and coins can be adopted, you know, then that should be good for price. Now, is it that simple? Probably not. It's probably more complex than that. If you have something to say, please leave a comment below. Please listen. If you're listening in podcasts, give me five stars and follow me. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit ring the ring the bell. Click the subscribe button. I really want to hear from you. What do you think about all of this? What do you think about my thoughts? What do you think about the news? I want to hear from you. Leave a comment below. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. Hot along.